We're good. Hey, process preparation and performance. I'm Duke Keith Simmons. Jarrah, we've got a unique guest in the house tonight. It's not often that we get a guest coach from a rival that we have coached against. <laughs> you know what? This game is way more than about that rectangle on the field and about the X's and O's. It allows us to uh, make long-lasting friendships, and we're forever grateful for that. We have playoff football going on in the NFL. College season has ended. Kansas City Chiefs pulled it out today with Chad Henney, who threw his first career postseason pass in 13 seasons in the NFL. Wow. Interesting, but maybe not the biggest play. He scrambles for 15 yards on third and 14 after he takes a sack to win it. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I just love seeing those types of stories. But a bigger thing, JR, is why do I have this hat on? That is symbolic that baseball season is right around the corner. This is a youth baseball team that I coach here in mid-Missouri. So baseball season is coming, but it's a shameless plug, JR, because we're going to try and bring the baseball folks into the podcast and give them a preseason look at what's happening, all things baseball in mid-Missouri and maybe throughout Missouri. So for tonight, I had to wear the baseball hat, right? It's not going to kill you. It's not, not going to kill you. It's not going to kill me. <laughs> I feel like turning it around a little bit, but I'm not going to do it. Um, JR, you know our guest tonight, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to yeah. introduce him a little bit. But before we get there, JR, how many miles did you actually ride your bike? <laughs> um, yeah, 2020, I finished with uh, 2,480 miles. On a bike? On a bike. And I've, I've just started a- riding my bike again. And, I'm, you know, this is – we could say what we want. I don't know if my ass can handle 2,480 <laughs> miles. I'm not sure it could ha- happen. But I have turned you into that. a bike rider, which is yeah, good. Yeah, you, you were inspiring to me, so I jumped on my bike here at home, and, uh, you know, it's going good. But Hey, I've got a new challenge for you. And I know uh, – yeah, and I know we haven't introduced our guest yet, but uh, have either of you ever heard of this thing called the Talisker – or what is it here? Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. No. No. Okay. This is crazy. I stumbled upon this. It is a rowing race across the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, get out. Get out. And it's going on right now. Uh, the first boat finished a couple days ago. It took them, I think, 32 days. And there is actually a 21-year-old who is doing this. And How she's many, got, one guy in a boat? One, one person? Uh-huh. She's got over a thousand nautical miles left. She might finish somewhere. Uh, it says in May, I think it is, and it started at the middle of December. And so I don't know if I could ever do that. But you talk about a challenge. I, I just happened upon that, and I thought, good lord, man, could you? So we no motor, no motor, rose, just oars. No, Forty foot waves, tropical storms. I I don't know if I could do that. I, I don't. I don't know if I could do it. No, I'm. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. <laughs> that's, that's kind of scary. Could be an all adventure. Right, you're up. Who we got? So tonight, I am super excited. Uh, you know, you just you meet some people sometimes, and you have an instant connection with them, and you just think, you know, this is a this is a genuinely awesome person to be around, and we are going to have on the show here tonight from Rockbridge, big rival of Jeff City, 
you know, you got the green and the, and the yellow up there that's hated beyond belief down here. But uh, we've got a fantastic guy in here. We have got Coach Joe Collier, and he is going to be joining us here tonight. And, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I thought Hickman was y'all's rival. Oh, man, I'll tell I you. I didn't, know, I didn't know all Columbia teams were. i tell you, when I first started here, uh, it was beat the H's which was if you can beat Elias and you can beat Hickman, you can keep your job forever, you know, and then it became Rockbridge just kind of got that, got that flywheel going of just championships and getting better and better. And especially on the baseball side of things, we'd get so close and they beat us every year, four years in a row. And then we finally beat them. And yeah, Rockbridge, I think they're, I think I've got more hatred there than uh, <laughs> than anywhere else now. But there's some awesome people up there, and and you're definitely definitely one of them. And I I cannot thank you enough for for coming on the show here tonight. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm glad I met you. I'm glad we were able to hang out a little bit um, during that interview process. And and um, you know I told you I told you either way it go, man, we're gonna be boys for life. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was cool. Right after you were done, we were, I remember standing down there. I said, can I have your number? And, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's fine. And I said, I got a, I got a podcast I might put you on here. And it's, it's been awesome. So, Coach, I'm going to start out here. And you are from Miami, correct? Yes, sir. South Miami, Florida. All right, I've got a surprise for you here. So, I got to take my headset off to do it here, and I'll throw it right back on. <laughs> Man, I need one of them. <laughs> I went back they, in the archives. They did invented the sap swagger, man. And I got it out of the hey. out of the closet tonight. And I said, you know That's what? What's up. We're going with uh we're going with the shirt. So for those That's listeners who aren't on YouTube, my shirt says the you invented swagger. So uh, I had to I had to pull that one out of the archives for tonight. <laughs> That's what, I like that one. That's <laughs> so tell me what, what was it like growing up in miami uh who was who was at the u then who was playing then uh what was oh what, man what was good um, down there so michael irvin like ray lewis uh velma you know just uh the rock was you know it's it's you know just had a, a ed reed you know it's just yeah. guys on and on and on um you know that we enjoyed watching the youth, especially in the eighties, growing up in, in the eighties was nice. And then, you know, um, feeling upset when we, we would ever lose to the Cornhuskers in <laughs> Ohio. I feel like I, I still took a little bit. I was happy about Ohio state losing because I feel like we got robbed in Miami back I still yeah. from the nineties, um, with Ohio state, but just, um, warm weather. So living here, I still haven't got used to, to the winters um, being past February. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it's going to snow in April. I mean, when it snowed in April, it was depressing. But, <laughs> I, you know, I've been here for years and I just, I, the weather just gets me every time. I just remember in, in, in Florida, just always being um, nice weather. Uh, yeah. So if I, if I can, if I can um, bring anything to Missouri, it'd be the weather. <laughs> I absolutely agree, Coach. I spent seven years in Chicago, and I'm still cold because of it. But I have no desire to get that level of cold again. And it's a little bit better here in Missouri, uh, but not like some of my friends that live down, down by Florida and Louisiana and stuff like that. Uh, I get jealous sometimes. I'm going to try and keep it a little light here, Coach, because I read an article 
I want to talk about this because, you know, your hair is looking good here on the podcast. And I read an (laughs) article that you're cutting hair for the players, Coach Van. Uh, Is there like a barber (laughs) chair in the locker room? What's going on, man? And and how can I get this all fixed up? Because this ain't looking right. I got you. I carry my clippers everywhere I go. (laughs) The – Oh yeah, this it's a it was a thing. Um and, and Coach Conyers did it um even before I did it. We just we just had a thing where the kids wanted to look good from head to toe. So I um I started coaching for Coach Fatale and 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 that's you talking about swagger, you know, every he made sure that kids didn't go out looking you had to look a certain type of way. You play good, you look good, you play good. Um and that was to the head too. So um kids would ask for haircuts. Um, then it started from coaches asking for I've I've cut um a media guy hair before a game before. I won't mention who, but yeah, he was he was um he was interviewing Coach O and I was like I was like, hey man, you need a haircut, bro. You can't so <laughs> and and so we just man, we just we just want to look good before games and it's just a it's just a good good um camaraderie builder and um you know just family just family just we we're doing everything we can for each other and kids. It's amazing to me. You know, we, we've had a, a lot of people on here and everybody's got just one kind of interesting story that throws you for a loop and media cutting media guys. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, my wife cuts mine and I'm trying to argue with her on it. I want to shave it off again. She's like, Nope, you're not doing that. Not doing she that. you right. She controls that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I ain't got much choice in that. And, Coach, when you were down here and I got to meet you, we talked quite a bit, I remember, about your work with a really special program up there. And I think this is something that anybody that listens to this podcast is, is probably going to be a – probably two things. I'd say, one, amazed with, and number two, just absolutely floored at, at how much work goes into that program to try to help kids. Can, can you talk about the core program that you're involved with? And, and the core, the core program is, is a very special program. And I will be, um, I have to mention, shout out to Angie and um, T Craig for, for leading that, um, the core program. And, and, you know, they have amazing um, mentors and tutors that work that program. And the coach's job is specifically just to, make sure we don't mess anything up with that um, just kind of, just kind of fall into the system. And what the core program does is they make sure that we're closing the gap. Education is going to have to be top priority, um, but you're going to get love. You're going to get um, patience. You're going to get care. You're going to get provided for it. And at the school, the, the core program, it, it bleeds into the school and we're, we're on top of kids. So uh, you, there's no slacking off there. Uh, there's a certain way you got to, got to be in the hallways. So your expectations are high. So you get to go there, you get to play the games, you get to, um, you get to have camaraderie with um, your fellow uh, peers, but, but work, is need, work needs to be taking place there. And so how I play a part in that is really sometimes being an enforcer. So um, if, you know, if, if a student or a football player is not taking that seriously, you know, coming, going to have a conversation with them, making sure that, that um, we're, not, we're not busting those opportunities and keeping other kids from being learned and being a distraction in there um, and, and providing meals sometimes. So uh, I, think, I think the next time we get in there, they just bought a big grill 
um, for the core program. And I think I'm going to be the designated barbecue guy. So, <laughs> so I get to get some chicken and, and, um, and cook for them one night. Um, and, and shout out for the Columbia, Columbia community. Um, there's families that, that provide meals for those guys each evening. And, you know, and those kids stay there to 10 o'clock at night, um, yeah. 10 o'clock at night, and they get provided rides home. Yeah. How many, how many kids overall does that, does that service do you think right now? It's a big spot. I've, I've seen of up to 26 to 30 kids in there at one time. Wow. That, that's really cool. Coach, going further with that, you know, you, you talk about the core program and how it's helping so many young men and women just at Rockbridge High School and, and whatnot. Uh, I, can't, I can't help but to think that some of the people involved in that program are providing such amazing mentorship to these young men and women. Right. Let, let's follow that with you. You're in Miami. Who were your mentors? How did you get here? What happened? Who guided you, pushed you, challenged you? And most of all, made you step back and, and take a little breath and say, you know what? Um, I got to do this because of this. So um, I, was, I was very fortunate to have uh, my mom's uncles in, in, in Florida. So I, you know, my mom had me at a very early age. Uh, so, you know, she was learning how to be a parent too. And, and things happened in life where, you know, it was a struggle for us. And, you know, my uncles were a constant um, in, in, in showing and kind of kind of providing a way of structure there until my mom was able to be, become old enough to kind of understand how to be a parent. Um, so early on in, in my educational career, uh, it was kind of rough. It was, you know, I was getting suspended every, probably every week in third grade, just doing boys, I guess what, I wouldn't say what boys do, but just getting in trouble, just, you know, I wouldn't say a product of my environment, but that's pretty much what it was. You know, you just, just living aggressively, just handling things like not with words, but, you know, it was going to be a fight. You say too many things, it was, and, and just being, and that's not, you know, you have to have classroom expectations and fighting in them is was was not <laughs> was not, you know, the way to go. So um fell fell behind in school um just because being out of school a lot. Um so had to work through those things. But my uncles redirected me real fast. So they they intervened and um and cleaned some things up and and um coach, you know, I had a I had a defensive coach, Coach Bobby, um really he didn't, he didn't really, so the coaches, the coaches in, in Florida, I don't know where they get these guys from, but they wasn't really, they weren't really educators. They worked at the school in the hallways, but not necessarily educators. They, they, it was, <laughs> they were pretty much people in the street that, right. you know, if you, you know, you, they, if yeah. If they said do something and you didn't do it at school, you know, you know, you have to feel that at home. So they was really there to guide and help God. And I, I think I'm thankful for them. I thank God for them um, for, you know, for being there and, and knocking me across the head. They ain't too much say, you know, you get, you get in trouble at school. They're going to thump you across the head. But um, Coach Bobby and those guys, Coach, Coach Wilborn was coaches that, you know, that really helped me, helped me along. And I appreciate them. 
kind of guided me with my uncles. So yeah, that's great stuff. And and that's how I coach today. You know, I you know is is I remember those guys. So now I got a little lighthearted because some things you just can't do in public schools today. <laughs> but you know, with with the same with the same um, um, aggressiveness as they 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 had. You know, we've asked uh, a couple guests on here before, and we haven't had anybody that that's been from Miami. Who is the best player you ever saw? Oh man, so that's a so I've I've played against um, the um, the the Davis brothers. They went to Iowa, so I played. They was at South Ridge. Okay. By the time I was in home, by the time I was in high school, I played for Homestead. So I played against Darren and uh, Darren and um, and uh, Troy. Um, I played against Markeith Cooper. Uh, he went to Auburn. We've played against uh, Cedric Cedric Irvin. I think he went to Michigan. Okay. He was he running back for Michigan. So um, it was a lot. Uh, I played with um, Charles Lee, um, Herbert Goodman. Um, I, Charles played receiver for I think the Buccaneers. Wow! Um, and Herbert played running back for the Packers. So um, just at, played against and played against and and played with some very good players. It's always amazing to me the just the talent level that comes out of Florida, comes out of Texas. You know, and you could you could throw some other states in there here and there, but it just seems like that that Florida area just got athletes. Just, it, it's incredible. Just absolutely incredible. So you mentioned, you know, a couple guys that, that mentored and guided you and you said it's kind of, you know, influenced how you are as a coach today. When you are starting out with something brand new, like a concept for the kids, what's the first thing you do? What, what kind of do you fall back on and go, okay, this, I got to make sure I do this first. Got it. So I always, live under the principle of um, alignment assignment technique. So we got, we got to get lined up. So, so just helping kids understand what, where, what front are we in? So I run three, four defense. So what positions we're playing? So this is your, this is your position. This is where you get lined up uh, and, and just go over the formations of that. So we're getting lined up. And so just understanding where you need to be and what you're looking for is very important key to to defense i think because if you don't get lined up you get out leveraged you can you can do anything you want to do and you it's not going to work because you're out leveraged right now uh whether you get on out you know they get on the edge of you or you don't have the correct numbers in the box and they're running up you know and so so getting them lined up and understanding what they need to see to get lined up is important. So that's what I'm doing first. Assignment. What is your job? What what reads are your what reads are we doing? So if you're a linebacker, your read. If you're an inside linebacker, you read the guard. And then we have certain things we do. You you follow. That's your your triangle. Mm-hmm. So triangle drills every day, every day. Outside linebackers. You know we run the diamond drill every day. You're looking at that tackle. Um, if you're in the box, and then there's different assignments. So if you have a, you know a number two receiver or something out there number two or three receiver we don't want to get out leverage so that goes back to um 
alignment. So, you know, just, just making sure they understand what they're seeing, making sure they understand their job when, when the ball snap and then technique, how do you, how do you approach it? Cause I can tell you, we used to, the first thing you do is get so mad at kids when they don't make a tackle. Right. <laughs> but the, you know, have you ever thought about as a, as a coach, I'm, I'm thinking all these years, I, I kind of looking for the air sometime and like, coach, you, you've been so stupid sometimes. Like, so, so approach, approach once a ball is snapped and you asking this kid to go tackle somebody, but then you, you never taught them how to tackle. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, so, so, you know, um, technique is, is how to approach a block, you know, how to attack, how to tackle, and then, um, and then giving kids the confidence to go when those things don't just say it's not going to work perfectly. So the, the main thing is to, to um, the effort and getting to that ball and doing your best. So that's how I approach each, each time I have to go over a concept with kids, just alignment, assignment, technique, and those things that fall underneath them. Do you guys hit much in practice live? You mentioned the tackling part. I, yes. So, so not live per se, but just going over, just, you have to really go over that thing slow. You have to, you have to take your time with tackling because, you know, there's, there's a, you know, you got to play heads up football and things of that nature. You have to teach kids, make sure they're being safe, make sure we're, we're limiting the numbers of concussions. And, you know, in today's football, you don't have a lot of kids coming out. So you got to keep everybody safe. You go Oklahoma drill every day. And then by the time you look up on Friday, you have about four kids. <laughs> You're playing eight man football. So, so, you know, just really just teaching them, just going through it half speed. We're going 50%. And we always do, I always do a tackling drill. Um, after we get warm up and stretch, we do pre-practice and I'll get those guys and we'll go, each coach will have their, their own thing that we're doing to um, how to approach, uh, an, assign, an assignment once the ball snaps and then how to fit up. So we're doing that in different in different situations. We'll, we'll spend about 15 minutes a day on that um, during the season. But early on the season, we'll probably have about, about a little bit longer, 30 minutes on that. So tackling to me is, is you, you, can't, you can't do enough of tackling drill and getting them thinking about how to place their body on people. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. You know, we've – We've battled for three years now, Coach, and you mentioned it already, the 3-4 defense. My question is very simple. Why the 3-4? The 3-4, you're balanced. So th there's a couple of different things. I, you, I can get lined up right now. So teams running, they're speeding up things on me. I know I'm balanced. Whether, whether I'm, on the, whether I'm in, on the boundary or in the middle of the field, just get lined up, okay? Um, and now we can read, react, get to the ball. And then we can work it out once we get back on the sideline. We can make some adjustments. So <clears throat> I like the three-four defense just basically because I can get I can get lined up. Now it translates. So once so once my football players understand where they need to where they need to be lined up, lineman assignment technique. Now we can gap exchange. Is is now they're understanding football in general where their gaps are. So they understand where their play where their um the player. So if I'm a I'm a four technique guy. I'm a defensive end. My outside linebacker, he understands that I have B. I understand he has C gap. Okay. Now we can, we can play games with that tackle. So now I'm going outside and I'm contained and we understand each other's job. And so the four down, 
for I haven't quite figured out, and I've ran for it out, but I've I, I like the fact that we have that option to exchange gaps and and kids understand that they can play games, and they can and then and then it creates ownership of the defense for them. So now you're playing you're playing free. So now if I get lined up, hey, you know they can you can say a little thing to your boy next to you, and now we're you know and now the you look like this great coach and you're not doing anything but saying one or two on the sideline and they're, they're doing all the work. They're thinking on the football field. So I like three, four because of the variety it adds before the balls even snap, you know, kids can talk to each other and um, it can look the same. And so before the ball snap, it looks the same, but you got too high, you got too high safety, you got a corner, but everybody's doing their own thing when the ball snaps and getting to the ball. Do you think it's easier with the three four to for the kids to understand run fits versus say if you're running a four down? I, I I'm so I'll be partial to that. I you know I can't say for sure. I I like it better. I've I've liked it. I've played in both systems, and I think so. I I really feel like that. Um, there are certain advantages to a four down. I feel like um, I think I'm gonna move to a little bit of four downs when teams start throwing um, tight ends at us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just in today's, you have to have a special Mike linebacker to understand when he get that block down from that guard, he needs to get to see if he hasn't attached. So, or if if we're gap exchanging, he, you know what I'm saying? In a certain call, he's saying, hey, hey, you're going to see gap this time to my, my DN. He needs to understand which gaps, but it's real difficult for that Mike if you don't have a special one to get to that C gap. So, I might yeah. start moving some guys around and making sure we're covering because that's the first thing teams want to do when you get in three fours, hit that C gap. Yeah. So you coach with a kid I coached, Cody Walker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I coached Cody when he was in eighth grade here at Lewis and Clark a long time ago. And I always – I hope Cody listens to this because I always told Cody, I think you'll be a better linebacker than a running back. <laughs> and so you know Cody. Cody's went to University of Arkansas, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, what do you think? Would he have been a, letter, a better linebacker? I I don't know, but he was a hard runner. Yeah, he was. A, he Cody ran that rock against us. I remember Cody. Um, I remember game planning against Cody. So I don't. I I didn't see him playing linebacker, but I know, <laughs> I know he probably he probably could have played anywhere he wanted to play. And plus, Cody. Hey, shout out to Cody. Cody's my skittle partner. When we was, when we coached, we took turns um, during during scouting or during football games. He had to, each one of us had to have a bag of skittles on hand. So <laughs> I miss I miss my skittle buddy, man. Cody's a great, great young man. Great young man. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach. You know, I, I cut my teeth on the defensive side of the ball, being defensive coordinator at a, a smaller Mid Missouri school, and. JR was on the defensive side of the ball with me and you being a D guy, I'm going to ask you a question that we ask a lot of people. Uh, when we were scouting and trying to break down all the different things that people would do over and over again every week. And it always, you know, it's your job to scheme as a coach. If you're an offensive guy, you, you that's your job. And I don't, I don't care if you have one base set or two base sets, you're still going to scheme a little bit. You're not just going to show up and go, ah, well, it, it's whatever. We'll give them everything they've seen on tape. You're always going to have something that they haven't seen a lot of or at all. Well, Jared and I looked at it from a different perspective and said, what kind of football team is this? 
when it comes to running the football? Do they like to run inside the tackles? Do they like to run outside the tackle? Or do they like to do option, which is both inside and outside? Mm -hmm. So we broke it down and said, there's really only three ways to run the football. Inside the tackles, outside the tackles, or option where you may go in and out. And that includes zone read with the inside dive with the running back, quarterback coming out, whether it's him or another back coming around. That, that's flex bone, that split back veer, that's you name it, inside, outside, or option. And we've asked a lot of guests that. And so far, JR and I are winning, and we're trying to <laughs> reshape the scouting world because when we started looking at it like that, it was much easier to tell our kids, hey, listen, I understand that they're a flex bone team, but homeboy is not pitching the ball to his left. <laughs> they are not trying – he ain't trying to keep it either. They're just trying – they're a handoff team. Mm. So I'm going to ask you right now and put you on the spot. Do you think there are any other ways to run the football besides inside, outside, or option? Inside, outside. And we're counting RPO as um, option. Uh-huh. Yep. Man. I – no, it's just – I mean – Inside, outside, option. I'm looking for those tendencies too. Are you, what are you running? <laughs> that's what I mean. I, I'm not. You guys, are, when you was talking, I was like, "Hey, you answering the question for me?" Whatever you were talking, because <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm looking for as far as a, a, a D coordinator or a guy that's just scouting film in general is, you know. And then you get you get a bunch of people like want to put up these plays, but I want four about four things you doing. <laughs> I want, what are you doing? I'm going to stop that. That's what, that's what, and, and if it's inside and we're talking about scap, scap, your, your, your gap scheme team or your zone scheme team, you, and, and if you're, if you're a zone running team, we're going to, we're going to defend that. If you're a gap scheme, you like to run counters, powers, things of that nature. And, it's, and that's pretty much, man, y'all want again, because that's all I'm looking for. All that other stuff is gimmicky. You're not going to beat me on, you're not gonna beat me on a bunch of bubbles. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm not gonna get out of line on that. And we're not, you know. And that's the only thing. And we go back to RPO on that. So, no, I, I'm, I'm good with, I'm good with that. I'm, there you go, Jer. I think we're winning. And what's <laughs> the next scouting report you fill out? I don't know who y'all have week one next year, but uh, give it a look and see if uh, you can even break your stuff down into that. Is it inside, outside, or option? Because what we determined after that was. And there's only five ways to block it. And uh, we I won't say go four. Into... I say four, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we're not going to give our guests everything in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> have to hey, I'm learning. Hey, I thought, this, I thought we was going to clean it up a little bit, man. <laughs> we, we, we will. We will in part two. We'll have to, we'll have to do a full <laughs> clinic and we'll, you know, we'll put names down and everything. We'll make people mad here in Mid-Missouri. We'll, we'll bring out a little film and put it on live stream on YouTube. And then we'll get all kinds of people here in Mid-Missouri calling you and us talking about why you, why you trying to do me dirty like that, you know? Why you, why you <laughs> uh, but we, we broke it down and said, listen, it's inside, outside, or option. There's only five ways to block it. And once we did that, it made it really simple to tell our kids, hey, listen, this dude's going to pull. He's the one that's pulling 80% of the time. So guess what you get to do this week? And uh, it turned out to be really successful. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the clinic part of it. 
you you said it earlier. Uh, it was a little snidbit that you said it was a, about a one and a half second thing, but you said uh, you just kind of trusting God with that. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot and say you brought it up. What's your favorite Bible verse? I don't know if Psalm 23 would be my favorite Bible verse, but my mom made me. Uh, <laughs> she sat me. <laughs> she sat me in uh, in the living room and made me um, remember it. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm thinking about the verses now, but you know just the life lessons I've learned in the Bible. The, There's nothing wrong with yeah. Psalm 23. Uh-huh. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall you know. not. Yeah, that make me to lie down in the green path to restore my soul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your mom did it right. She, <laughs> you, definitely, <laughs> you definitely did. Uh, I know Jr. has another question for you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prep it with it's. Uh, start thinking about tag because I'm coming <laughs> to it coach. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot again. But I know JR has another question for you about something that's happened in your football career. So coach, uh, I think sometimes some of the funniest things that I've ever witnessed in my life are on either scouting trips or trips to the game or stuff that's happened in the press box. Uh, we had a press box we thought was on fire one time several years ago and we darn near had to abandon the thing. And and I'm just kind of curious Have you got any funny stories uh, that you can share when you guys are scouting or over the headset or press box or, or anything. I got a, I got a funny story than that that happened not in the press box, but just, um, just uh, on a, on a, on a football trip. Okay. But the funniest thing ever happened was uh, one of our coaches, he really wanted his head. He really wanted headsets, and we didn't have enough headsets, so he never would get a headset. But he wasn't. He didn't really need a headset because he was just. A, he was an extra. He wasn't just a. He was an extra defensive coach, a defensive line coach. So our defensive line coach had headsets. So we look up, and he got a headset and just a string hanging out. <laughs> he just. So he was. <laughs> It's always the D-line coaches, right? They're always like, what the headset so bad, so he just he just let that thing dangle, and he just he had his headset, man. So, um, but you know, one time we were we were actually in Vegas. We played um, Bishop Gorman. Yes. Um, and, and back in back in '06, and <clears throat> so we're in Vegas, and um, one of our one of our persons that traveled with us, he um, he couldn't. He couldn't um, find the bathroom. We was in film at the hotel lobby, and he couldn't find the bathroom. So he ended up just, just you know, winging it. He had a wherewithal to just let it go um, underneath the stairwell in the hotel. And so, being Coach Father, they knew about like you know the, the uh, hotel manager came and t- spoke with us about it, and Coach Father was just like trying to clean it up by itself. And I just, I looked at him, I shook my head and I was like, man, I, I guess I got to help him. <laughs> but <laughs> just the thought of just spraying it and wondering if, if those particles are getting in your mouth and you're trying to, <laughs> it was the, that was, that's one of the, I don't know if it was funny, but it was most remembered. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question on you on that Bishop Gorman game. I remember we were watching film of that game and there was a play, and you may remember the kid because you guys played him. And I remember there was a handoff, and the, the dude turned around and looked back, 
and saw that the other kid had the ball and passed him. I have never seen a kid run that fast. He had to have been one of their running backs. And when you just mentioned Bishop Gorman, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's like – that's a flashback for where I remember sitting down in that film room in JC and going, how fast is this kid? It was incredible. Just incredible. It was, it was – yeah, I, I don't remember that particular play. I just – I remember that game was pretty awesome. It was pretty at, different atmosphere to playing that in, in Vegas and and that whole thing. But it wasn't so fun the next year. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys, you guys flew out there. How long did you guys fly out on a Thursday and then come back on Saturday, or or do you remember? I, I think we flew out on a Wednesday. Oh really? Yeah, I think we I think we flew out on a Wednesday, and then I think the game was actually on a Friday. Okay. That's a hot place out there. I've been there several times. It's 100 degrees at midnight. I don't. I don't know how they do it. I just don't know how they do it. I know. I don't either. I I've been there a few times, and it's it. You you better be prepared for anything. Let's just put it that way. Just be be prepared. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I always wanted to be a flying Elvis. <laughs> I could do it. A flying Elvis? Yeah, those dudes that jump out of the airplanes dressed as Elvis, and they go into event. I could do it. You could do it. I can. I can't row across the Atlantic. I'm not doing that. But the you flying could probably Elvis. go there and be like the bicycle riding Elvis. You could do that. Man, you, you could do that. I don't know if I would want to ride in a Elvis suit. That could be. That well, could be coach, something. the uh, the oldest game known to man is tag, and you've been it for about 40 minutes now. The way tag works is we're going to ask you to tag somebody else. JR and I have a secret bucket list of guests. If you pick somebody on that list, we're going to donate some money to your charity and their charity of choice. It ain't a lot of money because this is all on us. But uh, <laughs> Plus, remember, you're our rival, so I don't know if that affects the money amount or not, JR. I'm not sure. <laughs> but in order to play tag, if you get somebody on that list, we will certainly donate some money to your charity. So you've been it. Who would you like to tag to be it next? So I'm gonna ask you guys: Would you like a Would you like an offensive guy, a defensive guy, or a strength coach guy? Mm. That's a hard That's a hard decision. This, this is the first guest that has put it on us, so we're I like know, sitting here first. going, "I don't know what to do." Hey, when you when you when you add money in, you just gotta you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm playing the deal is right. You are okay. I'm gonna t I'm gonna say OJ. Oh, I'm gonna vote O. I'm gonna go with D. You're gonna go with D. So, Coach, you'll be the deciding vote. Then you got one O, one D, and now you get to pick between it. All right. Um, can I tag two people then? Absolutely. Sure. Do it. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Coach Afadale and Coach Steeples. Oh my goodness! We're, okay. We're loving it. You, uh, we'll make sure we get in touch with you off air so that we can find out who your charity is of choice. We got you. You win. We're gonna donate. Okay. Actually, just tell us on air if you if you have a charity right now on air, you tell me who it is. I'll write it down, and we're gonna donate some money to your charity. Oh, definitely, definitely send it to um, Columbia Core. Columbia Core. Absolutely. You got it. Columbia Core. We'll have a check in your name, Coach Collier. Uh, to their to that charity, um, and we'll get some information from you off air uh, to make sure that we get that in the right hands, so that it's all taken care of. Coach Duke, one last pleasure. thing. 
before yeah, before we let him go here officially, I've got to give a shout out to my friend Jeff Bazat up at Rockbridge. I know there'll be some uh, there'll be some Rockbridge people listening, so uh, got to give a shout out to him for sure. Well, let, let's do that, Coach. You got you want to shout out anybody? Yeah, so. Um... Oh yeah, my yeah, my wife Shay call you, my 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 daughters, uh Maddie, Kendall, Kendra, Yanni, um, the whole the whole um Rockbridge PE staff, uh Bayzag, uh, Candy, uh Sweet Trish, Van, um, man, Rockbridge in general. Uh, you know, uh, and and it, um my fraternity Omega Sci Fi fraternity. Um and and most definitely a hey, and I know we're rivals, but you know, I I, I was saying earlier, I pre, you know the, I was um one of the finalists for the Jeff City head coach job, and I appreciate the 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 opportunity. Um, and those they was nothing but nice to me over there. Even though I was a rival, they treated me with um, nothing but um, hospitality. So I appreciate you guys over there. Absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure of ours. Jr., I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Well, the you invented swagger, but JR and I invented process preparation and performance. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And it is rolling right now, inside, outside, and option, and there are only five ways to block it. We're going to talk to Coach Collier when we get off here and make sure that we're all on, all on pace to get Columbia Course and Cash. Shout out to the whole Rockbridge community. Uh, peace, guys. We're out. Peace.